Chapter Three of Cycling in the Alps by C. L. Freeston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Benina. If the beautiful Benina Pass could always be ascended from the Swiss side, it would provide a most enjoyable journey, for the summit is easily attainable from Pontresina, and the coast to follow would be a long one. One is more likely, however, to be under the necessity of crossing it the reverse way in order to get back to the Engadine after the descent of the Stelvio. From the Engadine, the natural thing would be to go to the summit and back as an excursion, for those bound through to Italy would be more likely to descend by the Maloya rather than the Benina, and as the Stelvio round is best done in the direction above described, there is no inducement to descend the Italian side of the Benina at all, unless for the sake of the coast and a roundabout journey to Lake Como by way of Sondrio. The ascent of the Benina, therefore, from Tirano, is a necessary consequence of the Stelvio journey. As there are few convenient resting places, it is not one of the easiest journeys to tackle, and it must particularly be borne in mind that from Poschiavo to the summit there is only one hotel, and the distance is eleven and a half miles, mostly of stiff climbing. It is advisable to leave Tirano early in the morning, as the valley is naturally very sultry at so low an altitude as 1,475 feet. A level road leads from Tirano to Madonna di Tirano, the next village, and then comes a rise of 335 feet in two and a half miles to Campo Cologno, where the customs have to be passed. The staff at the Italian Dogana is very large, as a great deal of smuggling takes place in the vicinity. One of the customs officers walked with my little party when I did the journey under notice from Madonna di Terrano to Campo Cologno and told us that he had been up all night on the hills looking for smugglers. He was saturated with rain, poor fellow. We had ridden through twenty miles of it the previous evening and were drenched with that alone, so that his lot was indeed an unhappy one. The seals having been duly removed, we moved on a little farther to the Swiss Custom House, where our special tickets passed us through in double-quick time, without fee or fuss of any kind. The Swiss people are not invariably adorable, but I have never found any of their customs officers lacking in courtesy, even in the days when one had to pay duty, and now that the club's special ticket franks one through, the passing of the customs, in Switzerland at all events, is a pleasure rather than an ordeal. Like all the south and southeastern fringe of Switzerland, the country remains Italian in character for a very long way up the valley. Groves of walnuts on the hillsides, and women with bright-hued headgear in the villages, suggesting Lombardy rather than the land of glaciers. A stiff mile through Campascio and Brusio brings one to a rocky gorge with innumerable waterfalls, at the end of which is Meschino, at the southern extremity of the charming lake of Poschiavo, with a first glimpse of snow-clad peaks in the distance. After two miles of level but thoroughly bad road along the lakeside, Le Presse is reached, and a halt is desirable. Poschiavo itself is three miles away from the lake that bears its name, and the Villa Ladi, with a pleasant rose-garden overlooking the emerald-hued water, is decidedly the best place for a rest. Le Presse is a small watering-place, with an alkaline spring, and is both primitive and placid. Poschiavo is a thriving town of some three thousand inhabitants, 
who speak Italian, though eight miles removed from the frontier. It has some handsome houses, and being the last place of importance before Pontresina on the other side of the pass, it is worth a brief inspection. We are now at an altitude of 3,315 feet, and have to ascend to 7,658 feet in 11 miles. Of these, the first three, to San Carlo, 3,590 feet, are rideable, and then comes a stiff climb through Pisciadella and Sfatsu to La Rosa, 6,162 feet, four and a half miles farther. The road passes through shady woods with backward vistas of the long and narrow Poschiavino Valley. At La Rosa, good food may be obtained in a restaurant annexed to the inn, but the latter is only mediocre, and the traveller should push on to the summit so as to reach Pontresina for the night. The scenery is now fully alpine in character, and though the gradient is over 400 feet per mile to the summit, three and a half miles away, the climb is much more encouraging than that from San Carlo. Round and round the road winds, with glorious retrospects, until beyond La Motta, 6,510 feet, one reaches one of the most elaborate of the many winter galleries to be met with in the past country. It is a substantial structure into which light is admitted through a colonnade on the lower side. Another gallery is entered a little farther on, and soon we are at the top. In some respects it is the most picturesque of all the summits, and well rewards the climb. It may happen, as was our experience, that a rainstorm is creeping up the Poschiavino Valley, to be met face to face with the brilliant sunshine from the other side, and the black mass of cloud is rendered luminous with a lovely rainbow that stretches right across the rolling mist. The effect is dazzling and tempts one to gaze and linger indefinitely at a phenomenon of nature which familiar enough in itself, in such an environment, is superbly beautiful. But the fear that our downward run may be spoiled by the oncoming storm impels us to our saddles. It is a needless apprehension, however. The rain does not cross the shoulder of the mountain, and we enjoy the brightest nine miles and a half of coasting that the heart could wish. The gradient is about 200 feet per mile for half the distance, and 161 feet for the remainder. Leaving the hospice and the Cambrena Glacier, one descends to the pale green Lago Bianco, and then in quick succession to two other lakes, Nero and Minore. The zone of trees is soon reached, and before long, with startling suddenness, the Mortarach Glacier, embosomed in one of the most striking settings in Switzerland, is passed at close quarters on the left. The scene here is indeed memorable, and no wonder that the stream of carriages from Pontresina is all but constant, greatly as it retards our downward progress. But with care one may continue one's way rejoicing, through shady groves and into the gay town of Pontresina, prettiest of all the Engadine resorts, and with a wealth of attractions in one form or another that has made it world famous. End of chapter 3